God, uh, get a hold of their minds. Get a hold of their eyes. Let them see you. Let them feel you. Let them know you, Father. Save them. Welcome to the Church at Grace Point Leadership Podcast with Pastors Eric Powers, Joel Scoggins, and Justin Mucka, joined by Sam Connor as they walk through Lead by Paul David Tripp. Today, the gospel principle is a ministry community whose time is controlled by doing the business of the church tends to be spiritually unhealthy. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Church at Grace Point Leadership Podcast, the very first episode. Who's excited? Y'all excited, you guys? Oh, Oh, come on now. I'm the youth pastor. My name is Eric Powers. I'm joined by our media and communications pastor, Joel Scoggins, our worship pastor, Justin Mucka, and our youth intern, Sam Connor. Uh, We are currently serving at the Church at Grace Point located in Cleveland, Tennessee. We're pretty excited to get this podcast off the ground and going uh, and just discuss leadership concepts. Uh, before we get started, I think it'd be good for us to just describe our hearts and uh, and just kind of describe what we hope to achieve with this show. Uh, we're going to talk about leadership, obviously. Um, we're going to discuss a book, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. Uh, but before, but even beyond that, we want to start conversations about Jesus, about who he is, about his character, about the gospel, and how we as believers should reflect him, reflect the gospel in our our everyday lives, but also specifically in our leadership. Yeah, no, it, uh, you don't get good at something by not practicing it, right? So by not uh, looking at what people have done before you and, you know, I mean, trial and error of, of different leaders, you know, I mean, you could use sports as an example, you know, uh, these guys who are in professional sports, you know, they, they, they maybe for a while you can make it on just your natural talent, but you don't make it to the top. You don't get good at something uh, without practice. And, um, you know, I mean, you know, on, on top of that, um, you know, we see a lot of uh, leadership failures in, in in the church these days. And, I mean, they were probably there before, but with uh, everything, with social media, with um, just all the availability of getting information these days, it, I mean, it's right in your face. Um, so... Uh, you know, part of me wants to say how much more important, but it's always been important uh, to be a strong leader. Um, so, you know, hopefully as as we dive into this, um, you know, hopefully as we're becoming better leaders, you know, other people uh, will become better leaders as well just through uh, the conversation and whatever the, the Holy Spirit imparts on us in our conversation. Yeah, it's so good. It, you know, the the idea of this podcast came from something like that, like us desiring to be better at leaders, uh, desiring to to practice and to and so what do we do? We leaned into this book together and started a discussion time and started a, a conversation, trying to help one another, trying to hold each other accountable, trying to push one another to to learn leadership, to get to know leadership better, and to become better leaders. Um, and so. Of course, this is us practicing, but now we we're 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 taking it to the streets. We're <laughs> we're allowing others to hear our conversation, so that hopefully, just hopefully, um, through prayer and through discussion uh, and stuff like that, we can we can help train one another, help each other grow up, mature, and become better leaders uh, for the kingdom's sake. Definitely, yeah. I'd, I really count myself kind of as blessed as I haven't even had the opportunity to really step into. Um, I guess my own role as, um, cause I'm training to be a youth pastor is, 
is my role here and um, Eric has been training me and of course these other guys have really helped out and so my my mindset going into this is just really to learn more about uh, how everything works but most importantly how God has called us to be leaders and how God has used other people and used how he uses each other to um, build people up and how he can use the guys here in my life to help me become a better leader as I grow and um, step into that role eventually. And so I really think like that it's going to be great for me to have this foundation going in. Um, I think it's just going to have my heart set in the right place. And that, that's, that's my biggest goal is to like, yes, I, I have a lot of things that I would like to impart on people too, but also I really like to learn as much as I can and I'm I'm ex- really excited to learn even more. So good. I think anytime you walk into a discussion like this or conversations like this or or time like this, like if you don't come with a heart prepared to just be humble and actually try to learn things, then you're not going to get anything out of. So we do encourage people like if you're going to listen to this, and this is kind of how how we're entering into this conversation too, because we are learning ourselves. We, between all of us, we don't have a ton of experience, but we're going to bring people in guests in that have more experience than us. We're going to get to hear from people. We're reading a book uh, that's written by a guy that has a ton of experience, um, a ton of life in ministry, a ton of stories that he shares with us about how life has, has handed him these situations where he had to look to God and he had to be guided by God and he had to look to scripture and stuff like that. So, so we, we, we walk into this conversation, we walk into this journey, this season one of this podcast, uh, discussing leadership, but also just in a posture of learning and hoping to, to bounce off of one another and grow off of one another and challenge one another and hopefully challenge the audience, the people that join us and listen in on this podcast. Yeah. 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 If you're, I mean, if you're a, you're a follower, you're a student, right? I mean, that's just, that's, that's natural. Like if you're doing it right, then you are a student. And it's 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 a it's a lifelong, um, it's a lifelong journey following following Jesus. You never, uh, I mean, Scripture says that you never arrive. He is essentially sanctifying us until the day we meet Him uh, in 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 the afterlife. So, yeah. so good, so good. So during this first season, uh, we're going to be discussing a book. Uh, it's called Lead by Paul David Tripp. Um, and if you're a leader a volunteer, or honestly just a follower of Jesus, we uh, think about buying this book and giving it a read. Hop in this conversation with us. Uh, join us. We're going to cover one chapter a week. Uh, every two weeks we'll be releasing a show. And so go ahead and hop in. Uh, buy one of these books. Uh, do it now and join the conversation as we go through this book together. Uh, you can give us feedback. You can ask us questions. You can add to the conversations by contacting us at podcast at gracepoint.church. Uh, that's by email, uh, and uh, we'd love to talk to you and maybe even mention you on the show. That'd be kind of cool if, if we have a lot of feedback. We can uh, mention people's questions here on the show or also just mention what people are discussing with us and just have a conversation about it at the beginning of the show each week before we hop into a new chapter. But that's kind of our plan, and uh, now we're going to hop into Chapter 1. Y'all ready? Let's go. All right. Ready. 
Awesome. Chapter one. Uh, so the kind of how this book is set up is he takes a principle each week. There's there's 12 chapters, and he takes a principle each week. It's a gospel-centered principle um, geared towards leadership. And so, uh, and he takes one word to summarize that principle. And so the word this week is achievement. Achievement is what we're going to be talking about. And the principle this week says this. It says, a ministry community whose time is controlled by doing the busyness of the church tends to be spiritually unhealthy. Again, a, spirit, a ministry community whose time is controlled by doing the busyness of the church tends to be spiritually unhealthy. All right, so uh, busyness oftentimes gets mistaken as achievement. Like if I'm busy, if I'm getting things done, I'm marking things off my checklist, I am achieving. And so he kind of attacks that thought. Um, and and uh, the first thing that I have underlined is, is this, he, when he says, I want to consider how the good thing, achievement, can become a bad thing for leadership because it has become a ruling thing. It's at the very bottom of uh, page 33. He says, I want to consider how the good thing, achievement, what, what we see as positive. We, achievement usually comes across as a positive word in our society. If you're achieving, you're, you're successful, you're, you're, you're knocking things out, you're reaching goals, stuff like that. Uh, but it becomes a bad thing when it becomes a ruling thing inside of our leadership. And so we're making decisions only based on the achievement that we've already seen. Uh, or, or we're, we're, we're conducting our life based off of the achievement that we've seen. Or, or we're praising ourselves, patting ourselves on the backs because of the achievement that we have seen. Yeah, no, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, he goes on to say, um, you know, now I know that achievement's not only a wonderful thing, it's also a vital thing because salvation is all about achievement. It's not about our achievement. It's mm. what, uh, uh, it's about what Jesus achieved um, on the cross, and I, I think that's, um, you know, that's where the important um, distinction comes, um, is when we focus on, on, on the achievement of God, you know, because as, as, as it'll, as we'll continue to say in this chapter, you know, it's not, it's not about us, you know, there's, God uses us, we are essentially tools in the hand of God, um, but uh, it's it's not about us, you know. I keep I keep saying that um, because I feel like that's a little bit further. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, on uh, you know, going back even uh, before I jump to thirty four, uh, even before that in the first chapter, I I had uh, uh, highlighted you know in the first paragraph, it's not just the young pastor who needs grace, or the struggling pastor, or the fallen pastor. Grace is the essential ingredient in the success of anyone's ministry, anytime, at any age, in any location, and in any type of ministry. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's His grace um, that, that allows us to lead. You know, He, mm. has, he has graced us uh, with leadership and with... Uh, this knowledge and this wisdom and his word uh, through other leaders, people who have been there. I mean, that's the beauty of it, man. Like we don't have to do it alone. It's it's not, um, you know, we are a part of a sainthood that's lasted over thousands of years, hmm. you know. And I, I think there's a lot of people who... Um, 
yeah, I mean, maybe it's part of their personality traits or, um, or something else. Um, but they try to do it alone and it doesn't work, man. It doesn't work. And I mean, like, like we're talking about that's, that's, that's why we're doing this, right? Is because, uh, not only can we, we build up one another, um, but you know, however far, you know, a podcast like this reaches, um, you know, we can just continue, uh, the conversation, um, of, of, of God's grace and, um, uh, how important it is that, that he is the ultimate achiever. Yeah. I want, I want to go back to that point you were talking about how, um, it's not about our achievement. It's about his achievement. And I think that's like, uh, one of the most comforting things to hear, but also, um, depends on just kind of who you are and like how you handle things. Like if you have more of a controlling personality that can be a little, little scary to you because you're like, no, I, I want to be in control of like how, how I want the outcome to be and giving it to someone else or something else is something that, um, I don't know. It takes a lot out of someone to do. Maybe like I, I, I can be that way at, at some points, but I, I'm more of, I'm more apt to, to listen to other um, points of view on that. As, as I said before, like I'm still really wanting to learn as much as I can. Um, but also it, it can give you more confidence with things, knowing that the achievement, it doesn't, it doesn't come from you because, and it's already happened. Like Jesus has already achieved, um, he's achieved life for you. Like he, he's the reason that we have life and, um, all we have to do is accept that. Like it's a gift that's freely given to us and all that's on us now is to, to accept that and, and to live that out because, I mean, I mean, he's given he's given that to us. Why can't we um, just try to pattern our life uh, to be like that person? Like, oh, look at what he's achieved. I say I say person, but um, we know that Jesus is much more than a person. So it it's really awesome to think that. But it's just I I find so much comfort in knowing that um, it, it's not about my own achievements because or any human's achievement because thank goodness we. Like human in the nature of the word, um, we we mess up all the time. Good gracious, that was loud. We mess up all the time, and we uh, we struggle with things. But uh, the person that never struggles with anything is God, and it's about His achievement. So thank goodness for that. Yeah, so good. Uh, I think I think what we what we need to remember, what we have to remember, is that when we give our life to Jesus everything changes. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing that Jesus changes everything. Cause some people, you know, for me personally, my life was, was not that bad whenever I got saved. You know, I was, I was young when I got saved. I didn't make a whole lot of time, like mistakes before I got saved, but I was in fact a sinner. I was in fact dead in sin. And thank goodness that when Jesus enters into the story, he changes everything from there. I came from death to life. And, and so the cool thing is with that being said, he changes everything. Well, guess what? That means everything inside of your life changes. The direction you're going in, your perspective, it all changes at that point. And so you're no longer living for self. You're now living for Christ. Um, and so that leads right into at the po- top of page 34 when he says, God's saving grace ignites in the hearts of all his children a radical shift in ambition. And so where our thoughts used to be about 
our desires, our self, our words, uh, our actions, and motivated and directed. Uh, everything that we did was uh, motivated and directed by our ambition and what we hope to achieve and our goals and, and um, what we want to see with our life. Now, now um, we were once ambitious about, ambitious about what we want. Um, now we're ambitious about the will of God. Now we're ambitious about kingdom work. Now we're ambitious about uh, uh, seeing people come to know Jesus. I hope that that is our heart as leaders in the church and as believers and followers of Jesus, that our ambition is no longer about ourselves, but it's it's all about like seeing other people come to know Jesus. Um, and not just that, but also uh, living a life that, that leads people to constantly to Jesus, not just, um, you know, getting them saved and leaving them behind, but also uh, digging into their life and, and getting into the trenches with them and, and living life with them and helping them grow and mature and learn what this thing means uh, when I say, let's, let's live for Christ. Let's give our life to Jesus. Let's go all in for Jesus. Now let me teach you what that means. All right? uh, it means that you have left self behind. Uh, like like God has made you and created you and designed you. And so all those, the, the things that you love to do, the things that you enjoy, your ambition, all that stuff comes from God. And so don't think for a second he's just going to strip all that away from you and leave you in the dust. No, he's got even bigger and better things ready to to uh, to take you on this journey and uh, and and uh, fulfill you in ways and, and give your life purpose in ways that you probably couldn't have even dreamed of. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where I think that's where the split happens. You know, that's where the the dichotomy of of what it should look like and what it actually looks like between our ambitions and and God's ambitions for us. So a lot of people just never venture into. It's like it's like you know it, right? I mean, we 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 sit in in church on Sunday morning, we hear it. But there's just something that may not connect. And then this is where you have just this split in in good leadership versus bad leadership, right? And, you know, even at the time, it may not seem ultimately bad. You know, you're trying to achieve something, but it's it's kind of when it gets down the road, you've seen where you've taken the wrong fork in the road. And so it really comes down to a, a heart thing. Have you actually committed to the, to the Lord? You know, have you committed your your ambitions to Him? You know, because especially in a church town like ours and like many across the U.S., you can get caught in. You know, I remember Dr. Alan Lockerman a long time ago over at First Baptist saying that there's this there's this quasi light in towns um, like this where everybody just thinks that they're saved. You know, just kind of because they go to church on Sunday, they go through all the motions, and they're like, "Well, yeah, you know, I I, I know Jesus, and and I'm 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 saved?" Question mark. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a terrible place to be. Too. There's so much really to unpack there, even that that I won't unpack. But but man, when you when you finally accept the will of God, and you accept. That that his will is greater than yours and his ambitions are greater than yours, then you can lead with ferocity. Hmm. Great word, right? Mm-hmm. Such a great word. <laughs> come on, somebody. Yeah, come on. Uh, I I think that leads perfectly into what I've got underlined next when he says. So it must be noted that the rescue and redirection of the desire of our hearts concerning what we seek to achieve is a work in progress. Uh, I think that that's something we we as Christians and. and Honestly, the world looking 
from the outside in on the church, uh, they don't. Let's be honest. The world doesn't show a whole lot of grace to the church, and and we've deserved that honestly. Like the church is as has been judgmental at times, and we've been harsh at times, and, and maybe we deserve that that critique from the world. But honestly, like we as Christians look upon other believers without this kind of grace, when we look at each other and we see a sign above each believer that says, work in progress. Like we, we got to understand that there are baby believers out there. There are midway believers out there. There are uh, saints that have, have figured a lot out but are still a work in progress. So that's a sign above every single person's uh, head uh, that it just it's blinking, it's flashing. Work in progress. Like, and we need to remember that because, yes, I'm trying to redirect my ambitions towards the kingdom. I'm trying to work towards Christ. I'm trying to refocus and just put my eyes on Jesus. And it is a work in progress. It's not an overnight transformation. It's a journey. And so as long as I'm striving and trying and my motives are trying to get me to Christ, then I'm mm-hmm. heading in the right direction. I'm walking on the narrow path. Uh, it's it's whenever I try to step outside of those lines that I then leave the will of God behind or, or try to adjust it on my own. And so it's, it's just staying focused uh, keeping our motives heading in the right direction and, and understanding that we are a work in progress. My brother Joel is a work in progress. My brother Sam is a work in progress. Like we're work, we're, Hopefully we're heading in the same direction. Hopefully we're dragging each other towards the same direction. Hopefully we have people ahead of us that are kind of have a rope tied to us pulling us in that direction, that dis- discipleship. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, but we are all a work in progress, and we have to just take our time and trust that that God has written out our time here on earth. And if we are truly chasing after him and understand that we're a work in progress and we're still working in the right direction, then we are, in fact, walking the narrow path. We're heading to God. That all is going to to work for the good, our good, and for God's good and for God's glory and get to see God face to face at the end of that at the end of that journey. Yeah, and he goes on to say it. I mean, ambition is a spiritual battleground. Absolutely. It's not like you just make that decision, right, and say in in one moment. It's not one moment's decision that you say, all right, well, you know, God's ambitions are my my ambition from this moment forward. No, it's it's a daily thing. Yeah. And 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 just to, even just the the imagery when 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 he says it's a battleground, you don't go into battle alone. I mm-hmm. mean, not unless you're not very smart. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you just don't you just don't walk out into the middle of a battle by yourself and charge an enemy that has... You can if you want to, but I don't think... It's not going to last very long. It doesn't seem like it. Exactly. It's not going to go well for you. But yeah, that's why why we do this together. Absolutely. That's so good. Uh, And kind of shifting gears uh, and kind of putting this into a leadership perspective. Like like as a leader, um, you also have to kind of create that culture inside of your leadership. Yes. As a leader, you have to uh, create a gracious culture inside of your leadership. You have people in your leadership that are at different stages of life, and, and you have to understand that uh, there's different spiritual maturity and there's different battles going on inside of your leadership. And so you you as a leader, you're, you're connecting with your people. You're checking in on their life. You are cultivating a, a, a gracious culture, a gracious atmosphere that that allows people to walk through life and allows people to make mistakes and allows people to to grow up right there inside of leadership, knowing that you're there to help them, uh, knowing that you're there to, to kind of point them in the right direction. Um, 
and there's other leaders in the group that are maybe ahead of them that can also help them as well, mentor them, stuff like that. Um, but um, I think that as leaders, we have to we have to create that culture, and, and we have to work to create that culture, and we have to uh, we also have to look at people, look at people that are in our in our ministries that we are serving, that we are leading as a work in progress, and they haven't achieved it, they haven't made it, they they're going to make mistakes, and they're. They're going to lose track. They're going to lose focus on Jesus every once in a while. They're going to lose focus on uh, ambitions for the kingdom every once in a while. They're going to they're going to think about themselves before they think about God every once in a while. So you're just there to correct and help and guide and and hopefully they're there to do the same for you and hold you accountable as well. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got blind spots, mm-hmm. uh, even the the greatest leaders in the world, you know. And if you don't have somebody uh, watching your blind spots, then there's no, there's no telling where you end up, you know, maybe on national television, people mm. talking about how you've basically, I mean, you'd be painted out, failed the faith, mm, you know, right. uh, failed the Christian life. And then, um, you know, it's just a, another, another reason uh, for some people uh, to not follow Jesus or not to, not to want to, but, um, you know, the, the, the goal, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, you were talking about, you know, uh, work in progress, and it, it brought up an illustration I used to always hear, uh, but it's just you never know how far along someone is in their faith journey. Because some people start, you know, like you said, you you weren't living a bad life. You weren't, you know, like you weren't doing, by the world's terms, terrible things. But there might somebody might be somebody who was in quite a ditch, and they have crawled out and, and, and to get, again, in the world's terms, where Eric Powers would have been, would have taken a lot of work. Um, so just, again, just reaching back to the first page of the chapter, grace. You know, if we don't have grace as leaders, even in what looks like failure, if we don't have grace, man, I'd venture to say, you know, we're not, we're not listening. We're not listening to Jesus. Uh, we're not, we're not listening to, 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 and, and following, you know, what he did for us. I think it's important to realize that um, each individual person inside a leadership community is not the same person. Like, I am not the exact same person that Eric is, and Eric is not the exact same person that Joel is, and uh, vice versa. But Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> that would be weird that, that if Eric we had three Eric's sitting in here. <laughs> Nobody would get anything done. Nobody would, no. <laughs> I mean, just, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Keep yeah. going. Um, but it's it's important to realize that because um, in a good way, we really can build off of the strengths of each other. Like, in, say, I have a strengthness. Strengthness. That's right. a new word. That's a good one. That's a good yes. one. Write that one down, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> take note. Strengthness. I'm, I'm, I take the rights to that word. I'm just letting anybody know. Right. You, 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 you owe Connor. Sam two dollars for yeah. every time you trade market. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll take Sorry. a quarter. Anyway, <laughs> but um, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, I may have a strength in one area. Like, say it is like building relationships with people, and that's like my strength, and I really like that. But also maybe I have a weakness in another area, and um, uh, one of the other people in the leadership community, like they one of the other leaders may have a strength in that area that I'm weak in. And so the important thing is we work together in that area. And so where 
I'm lifted up from that strength that they have. And then maybe my strength is someone else's weakness. And so I'm able to do the same thing for them. And I, I mean, that goes for everybody. It doesn't have to just be a ministry. That's like anything you do, like whether you're a teacher, like your the other staff, the other teachers that are at school you're at, like say um, you work in a business, like other, other people around you in that business. Like it, it doesn't matter what you're doing. There's always a way to have that accountability with people and have um, really build off the strengths and weaknesses of each other to form. I, I don't know why, like I keep coming back to this, like, I don't know if anybody's going to understand this analogy, but like if you, um, if you do like karate or taekwondo, they have these like boards. They're not the wooden boards that you break. They're practice boards that they're like, they're like plastic, I think like hard plastic. And they have a certain way that it's like locks together and it fits together. There's so many different ways to make an analogy of that, but that's the one that's in my head. So I'm going with it, but it's like it, it's two separate pieces, but whenever it gets together, a chunk is hard to break sometimes. <laughs> like if you're not doing it the right way, it's, it's hard to break. So that that's a whole other analogy for another day. But like the thing is like the difference in people, like the strengths and weaknesses, if you guys work on them together and grow in them together, um, it doesn't, it, it can make you so much stronger because those things don't like say maybe I'm weak in an area, but it doesn't have to stay that way. Yeah, too. imagine how how strong leaders are if we lock in with one another, like those boards, yeah. and we become unbreakable. Yeah. Um, and, and we learn from each other's strengths and weaknesses. We not just learn from people's strengths, but we're also learning from people's weaknesses, learning what not to do uh, in situations and stuff like that. And and we we learn from strengths and weaknesses. And and uh, I think something else, uh, another thought that hit me while he was talking was this uh, that. That achievement, uh, these leadership principles and stuff, honestly applies to just life and, and mm-hmm. in general. Like there are a lot of people that are stuck in life because they uh, are still pagging themselves and still glorifying an achievement that they made when they were ten or mm. fifteen or eighteen or you know kind of reliving the glory years kind of thing. Uh, yes, and sir. they are not advancing in life and not growing up and maturing anymore because they are still stuck in just this this glorious moment that they had. And, and so. Uh, as leaders, we cannot allow that to happen, that we get stuck in this glorious moment that's glorifying us and not even really achieving anything with any kind of kingdom impact or kingdom anything because it's just glorifying us. And so that's that's we're missing the mark there. We're missing it altogether in life, in leadership, in church world because we're living in this moment. We're not Our eyes are not at all focused on the kingdom, not at all on God, but only on ourselves and just the the progress, the achievement that we saw in that moment. Let's broaden our view a little bit, think bigger picture, think God-like picture, and keep our minds, our eyes focused on Him and our minds focused on kingdom impact. It's much more glorious than any glory we can experience or, or feel to ourselves on this earth, um, I feel like. but Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, it's the picture of the body of Christ, too. Mm, absolutely. You know, some people have been given this gift and some people have given, given that. And, yeah, I mean, you look at the intricacy of the human body and to to make that claim as he he does in the bible you know um when 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 he talks about you know the body of christ i don't know that we ever really dig that deep you know because it's like oh you know i got an arm and a leg and a <laughs> nose and a and a toe you know somebody's a toe i don't, I don't know I've, i think i've heard <laughs> i think i've heard you pre- probably have that, there's honestly a sermon out there somewhere yeah. titled that someone in here is a toe yeah. <laughs> That's disgusting to me. I hate that. <laughs> um, but anyways, like, you know, just as I, as I actually kind of just, in my mind, you know, uh, 
the way it digs into stuff sometimes. Um, you know, thinking even more intricately, like how the body is put together and how intricately the the body of Christ is is put together, you know, just the um the sheer size um you know of the body of Christ and what uh, what we accomplish you know another another conversation for another day volunteers you mm-hmm. know like when you're when you're serving in your strengths um how important um that is in the body of Christ you know because mm-hmm. there there are some people who who end up you know serving in their weakness for a number of reasons mm-hmm. um but as leadership if you can get people serving in their strengths, what they're good at, how much more, um, and I got to watch my mind because I almost said how successful your church can be. Mm, Yeah, there's the achievement mindset. Mm, There's the achievement mindset. It's pounded into your head, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, But how much more successful we can be as followers of Christ and building the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's that's powerful stuff. Maybe if we look at that statement, how successful your church can be. Well, we're talking about your your local body gathering yeah. of of yeah. the church, the yeah. ultimate church. But moving yeah. on, um, <laughs> uh, and also off that, like uh, not just getting people volunteers in places of their strengths, but also how how much does the church suffer when people don't step into that? Yeah, um, like people are. Let's be honest. They're they're not focused. They're lazy. They make up tons of excuses. We're super busy. Blah blah blah. And, and we don't step into leadership roles or volunteer roles that we're asked to step into, or or, or are gifted uh, in. And so, how how much does the church suffer waiting for the next person? Because uh, because I believe that you know if if God has a plan, uh, a person's not going to stop that plan. Um, somebody else is going to fill your shoes like yeah that's fine yeah. how long will the church have to wait for that next person to show up you know stuff like that but yeah uh, that's kind of a, a longer conversation i guess for a different yeah a different la- day. last thing to touch on that put that in different terms how much is someone else suffering how much how much is a life out there who needs deliverance from mm. their sin uh who needs jesus so badly it it literally hurts how much are they suffering because People don't step up, and also, I mean, you can look at it like this: How much are leaders suffering because they're or volunteers suffering because they're not stepping into their God-given purpose? Yeah, like, like seriously, we we wonder why why am I not feeling fulfilled? Why do I not feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose? Why am I still feel like I'm wandering around aimlessly? Yeah. Well, it's step into what God has called you to, dude, or do that. Uh, step into <laughs> uh, this life, this purpose that God has written and designed and literally woven together inside of your brain and inside of your heart and inside of your soul. Uh, step into it. So how much are you suffering because you're not stepping into a leadership role that you're, you're called to and you know it and you're just fighting it? Come on. That's what I was thinking about earlier. Like, how how much are you missing out on? Like, how how many blessings are you missing out on because you are you're too stagnant? You you refuse to uh, follow what God has laid right in front of you, and you miss the opportunities. Like, uh, I've I've kind of like taken it upon myself to really pray about like and have God show me like the things that he's blessed me with, like in the moment, because I don't want to take those things for granted. Like the opportunities of the way that he's placed me, like being an RA at um, college I go to Bryan college like that. It's an, another opportunity to really share the gospel and to really 
um, it's bad, uh, not especially with the freshman, like everybody needs the gospel, but like, and especially but, freshmen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to really affect the lives of freshmen as they're coming into a completely new, um, I don't want to say way of life, but in a way it is, it's like a, a new time in their life as they're like kind of getting out of their homes finally and getting more independent and, that that year is so crucial in it's their life. A ton line. of change. Yes. Yeah. And it, it really can make or break someone. Like, um, if you don't have the solid foundation, if you don't have people pouring into you right there, that you can really fall away. And that's why, like, a big demographic, like, there's a big drop in people, like, people in the youth group, like, graduating seniors in high school, and then it gets into college age, and a lot of college age people. Um, especially I think those from my generation have really fallen away from church, don't go, um, don't have really even a desire to go. And I feel like that's that's an area that the church has really let slip uh, as a whole because we've just kind of like, um, I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of is, but we've just kind of like lost our sight. Like, yeah, they got to, um, they got they're out of, the youth now and that they're an adult now that get to make their own decisions, but it's still like, how can we connect them between the two? That's so, so vitally important there. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, uh, and there's, there's nine things that we're going to talk about today. Uh, nine specific things that we're going to talk to you. And I think something that leads into this is, is, is this great question that Paul David Tripp, uh, he, he asks and he says, could it be in your leadership? This is at the bottom of page 36. Could it be, in your leadership community, that there are signs that the glory of achievement has begun to replace the glory of God as the most powerful motivator in the hearts of your leaders and of the way the leadership plans, assesses, and does its work. And so, this, again, this is what I, I said that we kind of shift this into leadership thinking. Like, this is the leader's job to look at these things and to kind of hold this stuff accountable and, and keep this from happening. But, um, you know, Look and it, it takes some humility to look at your leadership and look at your your personal leadership, how you lead, and say, "All right, am I am I allowing my achievements to glor to be glorified too much? Am I allowing myself to take too many pats on the back? Am I glorifying myself? Am I giving myself too much credit and not turning it and giving it to God enough uh, in my in my personal time with God, but also in a public forum as well? Am I glorifying God publicly?" But beyond that, am I also glorifying God for the achievements in my personal prayer life and stuff too? Because I think that we can stand up and say, all the glory to God very easily, but then go into our quiet time and never, never give God any glory uh, for the achievements that we're seeing inside of leadership and inside of ministry and stuff. Uh, and so I think that it's, it's important. And, and so uh, is achievement becoming the motivator of our hearts uh, in the way that we make plans, assess, and 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 does and do the work, and so that's an important question. And he follows that up with this: gospel-oriented achievement is a beautiful thing, but the desire to achieve becomes dangerous when it rises to rule the hearts of the leadership community. Um, achievement becomes dangerous uh, when it rises to rule the hearts of leaders, uh, leadership community. And so, achievement is a beautiful thing. Uh, but the desire to achieve can become dangerous uh, when that is our motive. I just want to achieve. I just want to see more numbers. I just want to see more butts in the seats. I just want to see more people at the altar. I just want to see more powerful worship. Like we can literally manipulate those things. 
uh, by words that we say, and we know that. Like we we've read things that that teach us that we've we we have experienced times where we can if we if we sing this bridge one more time, people are gonna lose lose it, man. Hey, oh. Or if we you know uh, or if we. You know, if I say these words, it's gonna it's gonna trigger everybody, and and we're just gonna it's gonna uh, we're gonna lose. I actually have been in a church uh, where that happened, where the, the pastor knew the words to say to get everybody fired up, and we would literally worship the entire time, and he would kind of not have to preach, and so <laughs> it's just like okay, uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, so we have to keep ourselves in check. We have to be humble enough to to look at ourselves and really ask ourselves the hard questions of like. Am I assessing things off of achievement? Uh, am I uh, making plans based off of achievement? Am I only doing this event over and over and over again, year in and year out, because of an achievement that we had 10 years ago? Um, you know, stuff like that. Um, or is this actually making true kingdom impact? Is this actually discipling hearts? Is this actually changing? In my case, uh, I'm a student pastor, so is this actually... Um, helping my students mature and grow and pushing them into a direction that makes them follow Jesus. This is creating a foundation in a life that will last longer than high school, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean, that's, man, that's something that's come up over the years, just trying to measure success. You know, I mean, like every organization in some way or another uh, tries to measure their success. Um you know, and, and, and I've struggled with that, with trying to, you know, whether it be develop or whatever it would be, you know, whether it's, you know, looking at numbers, where trying to measure success, um, you look at all this different data, whether it's, you know, numbers uh, and everything else. But ultimately, um, what... I've personally come to believe in church leadership, like you want to measure the success of what you're doing. Like every, every church has probably gone over several possible ways of doing it, whether it be, you know, how many people there on Sunday morning, how many people there on Wednesday night, how many people are in small groups and measuring success, um, by some arbitrary, um, number or figure or something like that. Um, but I honestly believe that, um, you know, where, where, you know, our pastor Phil says it's life change. Um, I, I think in order to measure that, you have to have people involved. You know, if, if, if you're going to um, really impact your community, um, you know, for Jesus, um, then you have to be down in the trenches. And the only way you're going to be able to measure life change is if you have somebody with that person. I mean, that, that, man, that's why, that's why this takes all of us. That's precisely why Jesus said, when I leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. It's better mm-hmm. that, that I leave and I send the Holy Spirit because Jesus could only be in one place at one time, but the Holy Spirit in each of us can span the entire globe. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, to bring it back down to to our community, um, you know, it takes intentionality. It's it's not it's not something that you can do from a CEO seat. 
Um, you know, and it takes multiple people um, to determine, um, you know, the health, um, the health of gospel achievement. And it's, it's unique in your position. You you have hard numbers to look at. Like yeah. you have reactions and stuff yeah. because you're a, a social. You do our social media and stuff. Yeah. Your media and communications pastor and stuff like that. So you have hard numbers to look at. But it's beyond just the reactions that you get Definitely. on Facebook or Instagram. It's uh, it's the it's the direct messages that you get to answer. It's the mm-hmm. information that you give out. It's the it's the extra posts throughout the week that share more than just church events, but it's also sharing the gospel and deep questions and making people think. Yeah. And so it's it's good. Uh, I think that leads perfectly into our first. Uh, so he, he walks, walks into nine warnings of when achievement becomes dangerous. And so he gives us nine warnings of when achievement becomes dangerous. And the first one is this, achievement becomes dangerous when it dominates the leadership community. And I think we can walk through these pretty quickly. There might be a couple of them we get stuck on, but I think we can walk through these it's been good conversation so far, but I think we can kind of move the, through these pretty quickly. But achievement becomes dangerous when it dominates the leadership. And this kind of works with what you were saying just now when we start thinking about numbers and stuff and how difficult it becomes becomes for leadership to stay focused on a gospel ministry. Uh, at the bottom of page 37, he says, Achievement plans for a local church are not necessarily enemies of humble gospel ministry. So that's a different look because uh, most of the time, you know, he's he's been saying achievement can be dangerous, achievement can be dangerous, achievement can be dangerous. But now it's like, hold on, yep. achievement can be good. Yeah. Uh, it can still uh, con- accomplish uh, humble gospel ministry. But as you experience ministry success and numeric growth, they are difficult to hold in proper place. And so that's the difficult. That's when it can become dangerous is when we don't, uh, have the strength, the self-control, uh, the humility uh, to to hold those things in their proper place, um, where achievement and and numeric growth and success uh, all become like one big pile and start shooting up into our priorities. That's when it becomes enemies of uh, a humble gospel ministry. But when um, with the heart of humble gospel ministry in mind. And in the focus, uh, we um, plan events and we shoot for achievement. Uh, then we're trying, we're reaching for the right achievements. We're reaching for the right success. And and maybe numbers come. Because I, I believe, you know, when we have the right motives, we have the right heart, God opens the economy of heaven and blesses us and puts more people in our responsibility. Maybe, you know, maybe we do grow numerically. Maybe, you know, stuff that we look at does start growing. You know, for we sure. have more people in the sanctuary on Sunday morning. We have more um, money in the offering, whatever, you know, it's that kind of stuff. All that stuff starts to grow, sure, but... Um, we have to we have to then have the strength, the self-control, the spiritual maturity, the spiritual focus on Christ so that those things remain in their proper place. Definitely. So absolutely. Um, achievement becomes dangerous when it's do- when it dominates the leadership community. Uh, and I think there are things that you start hearing in leadership conversations that are red flags, uh, red flags to that becoming a thing. Um, when when uh, the discussion is dominated by numbers and not dominated by scripture or the gospel or kingdom conversation. Yeah, on top of 38, you know, he says, yes, we should be ambitious for the expansion of God's kingdom of glory and grace, but we must also recognize that as long as sin still resides in our hearts, achievement is a spiritual war zone that is not only littered 
with pastor or leader casualties, but has reduced many who are still in ministry to the ranks of the walking wounded. So good. That's powerful. That's real powerful. You should probably read that again. Let's do it. Yes, we should be ambitious for the expansion of God's kingdom of glory and grace. But we must also recognize that as long as sin still resides in our hearts, achievement is a spiritual war zone that is not only littered with pastor or leader casualties, but has reduced many who are still in ministry to the ranks of the walking wounded. That's amazing. So he's not even talking about like pastors and leaders that are out of it now. He's talking about people that are still in the fight, but they're just limping around because sin has a hold on their heart. Yep. Um, and they've, they've lost the, the uh, achievement has taken over. Um, success has taken over. Numbers has taken over. And now sin has crept in and their hearts are no longer focused on kingdom expansion. It's now focused on, on, on personal kingdom, earthly kingdom expansion, uh, which is a big deal in, in our hearts that we have to protect ourselves against. Uh, um, and so we, we lose sight of the glory and grace of God and his kingdom, and we begin to try to grow our own kingdom and try to pat ourselves on the back. And, uh, and it's not even just pastors and leaders that are no longer in it, but it's, it's pastors that are walking around hurting yeah. and, and, and hurting people yeah. uh, because of where they're at. Well, I instantly think of burnout. Um, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's a problem in our culture, period, you know, just because we're so connected that it's so hard to, uh, to disengage. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's uh, the thing, thing about it, too, is um, sin doesn't always look dirty, you know. It can be, um, it can be, uh, you know, we're talking about pastoral leadership here. It can be the pastor taking on too many roles because the goal is for the church to achieve. It's like, well, you know, well, people aren't stepping into this, so I have to step into this. I have to do this, you know, because if I don't do this or if we don't do this, then then it's not going to happen. We're not going to achieve said goal. It can be a little bit of a of a stretch, you know, sometimes. You, know, you ask for God to send the right people or you look into your... Um, that's why it's so important to know your body, you know, your, your church body, even beyond that, you know, whatever kind of leader um, you are, it's important to know your people and the potential people that could be in those places. That way you can challenge them um, to, to step up so that way you don't have to sacrifice your family, sacrifice your health, um, and become part of this walking wounded because you have this, this achievement goal in mind. The next warning he gives us, number two, is this. He says, achievement becomes dangerous when it controls our definition of leaders. And so when we look at Scripture and we look at how God defines leaders, we see a very different list of qualities and qualifications uh, than our typical leaders and what we usually see in leadership. And, and so what does he say? He, he actually lists it all out on page 39 for us. It, it's above reproach, a husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, gentle, not quarrelsome, uh, not a lover of money, managing his household well, not a recent convert, well thought of by outsiders. And so the first thing we see is that 
Uh, he says this, God wants pastors and leaders to be successful because he loves his kingdom and his bride, the church. But in God's estimation, long-term faithfulness that produces fruit in ministry is rooted in humble, godly character. And so we see immediately that the list, this list is, is full of humility and full of godly character. It's full of uh, the same characteristics we see uh, that describe God inside of Scripture. And, and so we see what kind of character God wants. Uh, and then the second thing is that a leader quality list pr- uh, presses in on us. Uh, ultimately, God is the achiever. Our calling is to be usable tools in His powerful hands. And so we, uh, this list shows us, first of all, uh, the characteristics and stuff that God wants, it, it looks very different. It's humble. It's humility. It's gentle. Gentle is not a word that's used in our society anymore. Like people are not gentle and meek. And, and I just got to preach on that not too long ago, by the way. And so I'm yeah. kind of jacked up on it. But um, uh, I love <laughs> gentleness. And, uh, but, um, but ultimately, we also have to remember that God is the achiever. He, he's the one that is achieving things. And our, our, our purpose, our calling, our what we are supposed to be is simply tools, vessels that can be used in his powerful hands. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you know, we touched on that earlier. Um, you know, we are not, I'll, I'll condense this a little bit, you know, we are not sovereign and we have no ability on our own to achieve ministry growth or success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he, he says that in, in longer terms on 39. Um, but, you know, he goes on to say, we are called to faithfulness of character. Character, by the way, that only God can produce in us. And God is sovereign over the miracle of redeeming grace in the expansion of his kingdom. We take care of our character. We're faithful. And then and he does the rest. I mean, it shouldn't seem so easy, right? Mm. Like, we make it so hard, I feel like. Yeah, I think like... Uh, my mind just keeps going back to judges right now and it helps that we're going through right now with the youth. But like, um, it talks about there, there's so many difference or, or there's so many difference. Well, there's so much, um, so much different. I can't talk. There's a lot of difference between the way the leaders were in judges. And the one thing that was constant is their obedience to God and how God was able to use them to do things for the kingdom, notice God used them. He put them in that position. They chose to obey. God used them for what he wanted to use them for. And so I think that that's something we can take for achievement. Like um, if, if our mind and our hearts are focused on what God is wanting us to do, and what God is leading us to, and we're obedient to that, then then we will be where we're supposed to be. Whether that means we're a mega church, or that means we're a church with uh, 150 members, like it, that's not the goal. It's the, I mean, that is the goal is to be, um, be obedient to God in that. That's so good. Um, number three says achievement becomes dangerous when it forms our view of success and failure. Achievement becomes dangerous when it forms our view of success and failure. This is something I think that is very easy for us to get. Uh, caught up in because um, if I'm achieving things, I'm not achieving something if I'm not reaching my goals or if I'm not reaching a number or if I'm not, you know, being able to give out big numbers and stuff like that. There are people that are consumed with that. And I love this stuff because he's like, look, there's no promises in scripture that says if you're, if you are, you know, if you 
faithfully and disciplined and like um let's see let's just read how he he words this because i like this if hard disciplined faithful well-planned appropriately executed and joyful ministry work does not guarantee results then the lack of desired results should not define leadership failure so what he's saying is look there's nothing in in here that says if you do all these things right uh, what he gets to is this. He, he says later on, true failure is always a character issue. It yeah. always comes back to character. See, yep. we, we like to judge failure and success based on numbers and outcome and stuff like that. But what it really comes down to is that true failure in ministry has nothing to do with with numbers and with how an event looks and how it goes. Uh, true failure inside of leadership and inside of spirit, inside of ministry specifically has to do with your heart and how you prepare your heart, and how how you prepare your sermons if you're a preacher, how you prepare your lessons if you're a teacher, how you are how you are preparing your leaders as a leader, stuff like that. Uh, and so, uh, ministry laziness and unfaithfulness that is, in fact, failure. Boom. Um, I love it. Boom. I love it because uh, I've been convicted of this in the past before too, where where you know I have a busy week and so I don't put enough time into a sermon, or or I have a busy week and so I don't communicate with my leaders well enough. Where I have a busy week and so my personal spiritual life takes a, a takes a beating, and I'm not in scripture. I'm not in my quiet time enough. I'm not praying enough, and so uh, that right there is laziness and unfaithfulness, and that is where I have failed. Uh, not when it comes to like. Um, okay, an event took a hit. No, we only had thirty kids at this event, not sixty or whatever. Or we didn't we haven't seen we didn't get to see anybody saved or baptized at this last event. No, it's a failure. No, um, no. I walked into this thing with my heart prepared, and I gave it my all for the kingdom of God. Um, that is not a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a good gospel conversation with this kid. I think, I think too, we, we quickly overlook great conversations that we got to have with students. And sometimes we miss those opportunities because we're so consumed with the thought of, I've got to see 12 kids saved and 60 kids baptized and all this, these, uh, these big numbers that we want to see. And I, I need to see a thousand kids at my event and stuff like that. Um, where <laughs> you miss the small results where you actually had an intimate real deep conversation kind of a, even a, a a conversation into their the hard part of their life and they they opened up um you, you got to see inside of a heart of a stubborn hardened student or something like that like stuff like that you miss those results that probably is a truer kingdom impact than the massive numbers and, and the big the big loud stuff that everybody is so consumed with uh to base it off and to and the best success and failure off of those things instead of the the small intimate conversations or the divine appointments that we run into stuff like that. I think we miss those things sometimes. And so ministry failure is unfaithfulness and and laziness. It's not necessarily um, the lack of numerical results or yeah. We have to start looking at the long term. You know, all those numbers and and things are, are the short term. But yeah, just in short digging into people's lives. Yeah. Just just keep saying it. A lot of people have made it something it's not. Mm. It's 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 not about that. It's not about how many people you can have in a, at an event. Again, going back to what he said, it's not necessarily bad. Yeah. But yeah. but when when that's your sole focus and it's your sole um achievement, then that's that's when it's bad. Yeah. 
And he ends this, this section with this. He says, faithfulness is what God asks of us. The rest is entirely up to his sovereignty and the power of his grace. And that should be something that leaders rest in. Um, that should be something that pastors rest in. Mm-hmm. Um, am I faithful this week? Good. Yes. If the answer is yes, then I've done everything God expects of me. Uh, I've done everything that God wants for me. Uh, he doesn't want perfection. He wants faithfulness. He doesn't want me to go crazy about all these other things, to be focused on all these other things. He wants me to remain faithful, and the rest is in his hands. And that is where we get to rest is in his hands, right? And so that's so good. Uh, number four, here we go. Achievement becomes dangerous when it silences honest leader communication. Uh, mm. Achievement becomes dangerous when it silences honest leader communication. Who wants to take this one first? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I got it highlighted. So, um, I mean, just the first sentence in there, uh, that paragraph, because of what God has done for us in the person and work of Jesus Christ, our leadership communities have been freed to be the most honest communities on earth. We're free. We're free to do it. To do it. But in Jesus' name, we're free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but in, in the name of, uh, of, of what um, seemingly church leadership has become, it's scary. Yeah, it's, it's like... Uh, we can be free in Jesus of these shackles, these things that chain, chain us to the floor and keep us from from confessing and uh, from talking and being honest with people. And, but we can be shackled down by the judgment of other people and by the fear of that judgment. We can be shackled down by the uh, the thoughts uh, of um, of other people, and that's a that's a sad place to be in, considering. God Almighty, the creator of the universe, has given you this freedom and salvation and in grace. Uh, but we're giving people on earth, little tiny people, more power than our God in our life at that point. And so he says, we are free to confess weakness uh, because Jesus is our strength. We are free to confess weakness because Jesus is our strength. And, and that is, that, this, is a, this is a cultural thing uh, that you as, us as leaders have to create um, we have to create a safe space mm-hmm. for leaders that are underneath us to be able to confess and, and, and be okay with that and be and feel that freedom uh, to be able to confess. We have to, and that they will be received with grace, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, they have to. They have to not. They have to have the the confidence, the courage. Um, first of all, they need to not have the fear. Uh, and so that's a cultural building thing mm-hmm. uh, to create a, a safe space, a place where people aren't afraid to confess things. And then they have to have the confidence that you are going to be gracious. You're going to receive them with grace when they tell you, hey, I've messed up. Okay, so have I. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's work on this. Let's yeah. grow in this. Let's, let's, let's grow up. Let's learn what Jesus says about this and stuff like that. That's different. Like, it, it takes a lot of you looking at yourself to realize who am I to judge what these people have done and be like, Oh, look at how terrible you are. You were supposed to act like this in your position and you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But like, when, when have I messed up like daily? <laughs> like I mess up daily. Yeah. Maybe like it's like sin is sin. Like I, I've done a lot of different things like that. Like I can't, I can't expect someone to understand 
my sin in my life if I'm not willing to take a look and understand it myself and to and to be gracious because Jesus has showed us that grace before. And if I mean our goal is to pattern our life after Jesus and look at what he did. He hung out with sinners and he he was trying to help them out and change their life. And so never never once did he just be like, Oh, you're a sinner, get away from me. Like I'm judging you. And he is quite literally the only one that had a reason to be able to do that. Mm. And so why if he didn't do it, then why in the heck should we do that? Yeah, I think I think whenever we and it kind of the book kind of talks about this is that when we as leaders shut the door in people's face that come trying to express their weakness, trying to express their sin in their life, trying to tr- looking for help. Let's be honest, looking for help, yeah. looking for grace, looking for somebody to pick them up, dust them off, and and teach them something new, teach them something about Jesus. We're just slamming the door in their face. We're telling them to deal with it on your own. Like, you don't have community here. And, and that is not at all what we're called to do. And, and it's not even our place. Like, we are people that have been shown grace. Therefore, we are people that must show grace. Like, that, that is who we are as believers. And, and it's not that, that we, we don't need grace anymore. We desperately need God's grace every single day constantly pouring on us. As long as sin exists in our life, we need confession. We need grace from God. And sin's not going anywhere. And so it's like we need this. And so it's not our place to shut the door in people's face because of sin in their life, because of weaknesses in their life. It's our place to open the door and say, come on, let's work on this. Let's build a community. Let's overcome this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, we're going to have tough conversations. We're going to talk about your sin. We're going to talk about how it's sin and how God's defined it. And, and, but we're going to also, the, uh, the, the, better side of that is we're going to talk about God's grace and how he forgives us and how he still loves us and how we still have great purpose and, mm-hmm. and, and have this life. And so what he says, God offers us enabling grace because we still need it. And so there it is. We still need it every single day. And he says, denial of weakness is never a pathway to good things. That's on page 42. Denial of weakness is never a pathway to good things. So just stuffing it in, pushing it back, closing the door, trying to put it in a box and hiding it away is never a way that we overcome weakness. That's a way for it to just keep, to build and build and build and kind of snowball effect. And all of a sudden it becomes a huge issue inside of our life. All, all of a sudden we are just like drenched in uh, sinful ways. Uh, and so it's not, that's not it at all. We need to break it out of the box. We need to open the door to people that are struggling, people that are living in sin, people that are begging for help, looking for help, searching for help, because we have the answer. We have the grace that they need. We have the God that they need. We have the Jesus that they need. And so that's our job. Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is, this is like a turn of a ship. This mm-hmm. isn't like the pivot of a basketball player. You know, this is something that is going to take time. It's going to take multiple people, multiple pastors, multiple leaders, multiple ministries that to change this, to change this this attitude of 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 well, you failed, so well now you can never work in ministry again, mm-hmm. um, or. Or whatever, whatever the result of of said um, other leader, you know, would be. No, we we 
It's a, it's such a strange place to go, right? From from you as a youth pastor, from from high school, you know, middle school, to where you're confessing with all your friends. <laughs> I've done this, I did that, you know. Um, where when you get older, a lot of emotion in high school. It, there, there is, there uh, is hormones everywhere. There is. <laughs> they spill out, man. <laughs> there is. Um, but yeah, it's like when you when you get older, you know, and, and here I am approaching forty. Um, you know, it, it's just it's just not as easy because, um, you know, life changes and 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 time availability changes, and you really have to fight against that. So, this is something that that we as a a a church culture, as a Christian culture, um, have to fight against, and will have to fight. Um, against, uh, I mean, really, as long as the as until Jesus comes back. Let's Absolutely, just put it that way. Absolutely. Number five, achievement becomes dangerous when it causes leaders to view disciples as consumers. Uh, achievement becomes dangerous when it causes leaders to view disciples as consumers. So the first thing I have, maybe you guys have something underlined before me, but first thing I've got is on page forty-three. Our ministry passion and energies should be focused on doing everything we can to lead people entrusted into our care into a deeper love for and service to Jesus so that everything we do serves uh, this serves this disciple-making purpose. And so our, our goal is to make disciples. Uh, our goal is to, to love people into a daily relationship with Jesus. It's never to just... Uh, it's never a one-time buyer, you know, like here you are consumers, get it now, 1999, buy one, <laughs> you know, it's, it's never, tail. yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> you call now and we'll, we'll give you two. Like, <laughs> uh, it's never that kind of stuff. It's never a consumer kind of thing. We're not selling a one-time experience, a one-time emotion. We're excelling. Uh, we're, we are calling people. We're, we're begging people to, a life-changing gospel, a life-changing message, a life-changing Jesus that that is a, a daily relationship, not a one-time prayer, not a one-time consuming thing, but a daily relationship, a walk, a journey, a, a journey to the end. Well, too often, you know, in in, uh, in the past, I think there was um, a push uh, to... At least from what I saw, and 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 from what people I've seen have saw seen, um, to I mean, basically just get as many people saved as possible. Like mm. you literally, and I think you see the effects of this. Um, but literally, you get people to say a prayer, yeah. and it's like, great, you're saved. Move on to the next person. Um, uh, and, and even bringing people to church, and and just allowing the pastor, the the leader of that church. Uh, the leader of that church body to lead people to Christ. Um, it's it's. Uh, I mean, that's that's venturing borderline laziness mm-hmm. um, on on a believer's part. But yeah, I mean, I guess I I just keep going back to this. It takes the intentionality. You know, you have to, we have to venture into the intentionality um, of of walking with people, and in our lifetime. That may not be that many people, mm. but if we're going to move anything, um, if we're going to change anything, then that's the kind of intentionality that it takes to, to understand um, 
that my passion and energies are just going to be put into, it's going to feel like a handful of people. And that's okay. Absolutely. That's just fine. I mean, Jesus walked with 12. There you go. But he sat in like solitude and he walked away from the 12 with three and like really poured into even three. Like, that's a big deal. Like, look at that. I mean, uh, I love what he says uh, on the bottom of 43. He says, we have the power to build church stuff, but we have no power whatsoever to build people. Yeah. And, and so that just, again, shows us where our depends, de- dependency has to be. We have the power to build church stuff. Like, we can build stages. We can we can build programs. We can build buildings and all this other st- – I almost said junk. All this other <laughs> stuff. Uh but we have to completely depend upon Jesus when it comes to building people uh, because Jesus is in the soul-changing, life-transforming business. All right, he, He's doing that work, and so we have to rely on Him uh, to accomplish those things because we have no power in that. Uh, the only thing, the only part we have to play in that is our faithfulness to God, our faithfulness to uh, the calling and purpose He's put on our life and, and just, just living that out. And then we have to rest in God's hands and say, all right, here you go, Holy Spirit, transform this life. Like, go and just, like, tear up their heart and and make them want you and desire you, change their life completely. Um, and so that that's what we have to understand. Like, Jesus is in the transforming people building business, and, and he's going to do it on his time. And we just have to continue to be faithful and uh, and do our part. Right on. That's so good. All right, number six, here we go. Uh, achievement becomes dangerous when it tempts us to see people as obstacles. Um, oh, man. Uh, achievement becomes dangerous when it tempts us to see people as obstacles. Man, there are all kinds of people in, inside of the church. Uh, and, and some people, uh, if we're honest, we, we are going to be honest because we're, 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 we love Jesus and we're going to be honest. <laughs> so well, we're going uh, to be. Um, and so uh, people are difficult. And that just comes with the job. That comes with the calling. That comes with, with living on earth, honestly. Uh, some people are are easygoing and they're easy to get along with, and then some people are difficult. And so the first thing I have, uh, the church is a community of unfinished people living in a broken world and still in need of God's forgiving and transforming grace. That should be on the front of every leader's minds. Uh, that should be on the front of every believer's Let, Let's just ditch this leadership thing for a second, guys, because this has nothing to do with leadership. This has nothing to do with being a pastor. This has nothing to, be, uh, nothing to do with being a worship leader or called to ministry or anything else. This has everything to do with being a believer and giving your life to Jesus. This should be on the front of every believer's mind. The <laughs> church is a community of unfinished people living in a broken world and still in need of God's forgiving and transforming grace. Hello. All right, that is everything. Every believer, not elite, just leaders. That's somebody grab this man a pulpit. We have a job to do. All right, as followers of Jesus, we have a job to do, and so you have to view people as people that absolutely need Jesus. They're unfinished work. God has a plan for them, just like He has a plan for you. They're made by God for God, just like you are. You are not special. You're nothing special. All right, God loves you. He loves them. Go get them. Go get them, all right? They're an unfinished work, and that is for believers. That is for people that believe in Jesus and the work that he did on the cross and believe in his grace and that his grace is for the world. So go get them. You have a job to play. You have a part to play. You don't have to be in a leadership position. You don't have to be in a pastor's position. You you have you have the same command from God that we have. Go. I think yes, sir. the story of uh, the prodigal son really 
kind of digs into that a little bit on the second half of that when it talks about his the brother talking to the dad like why we why we celebrate this guy after he literally went out and like he disrespected you told you he basically in that culture like asking for your inheritance that early basically was like i wish you were dead goes out spends it all comes back basically completely broken and you see how the father the father was sitting there waiting for him because he was hoping you come back he was sitting there waiting and he brought him he was rejoicing that he came back and gave him all the stuff gave him he said the nicest robe gave him a ring like the nicest robe is it's probably the father's robe mm-hmm. he, he did all this stuff for him and the brother's like why'd you do all this stuff for him like you, you know all the stuff he did and he's like and the father says like was he not lost before and now he's found why are we not rejoicing that like that's such a that's such a big thing with believers like Every time someone makes a decision to accept Jesus, I'm I'm almost certain there is like a party in heaven. Basically, like they they God is so pleased whenever that happens. Like everybody should rejoice. Like like we as Christians, like we see other people accept Christ. Like there should be rejoicing. We should be so happy with that. Like we should be so happy. But also, it's like we should be happy at the chance to be able to help them along too. Yeah, for me, it's it's it goes like this. All right, we were in the same exact place as them one time. All right, if we're saved, we weren't saved at one point. If we know Jesus, at one point we didn't know Jesus. At if we know how to behave in church, at one point we didn't know how to behave in church. If we don't know, if we know how to worship, at one point we didn't know how to worship. If we know how to read the Bible, at one point we didn't know how to read the Bible. And so we have got to be patient and gracious to people that are behind us, uh, people that don't know Jesus. We cannot treat people that don't know Jesus like people that know Jesus inside a church. All right, They may come in and they may look different. They may act different. They might not stand up during worship. They might not sing the song. They might look completely uninterested, but we've got to be patient. Our hearts should break for those people. We shouldn't become judgmental on those people. Our hearts should break for those people because they are they need Jesus and they are stone hard right now. Their hearts are hard. And so we, we our, our first instinct should not be to judge them and condemn them and say, how dare you and shake our fingers in their face. Our, our first instinct should be to fall to our knees and say, God, Break their hearts. God, uh, get a hold of their minds. Get a hold of their eyes. Let them see you. Let them feel you. Let them know you. Father, save them. Come on. You know, yeah. that should be our first instinct. That should be that should be our desire. I'm, I got the fan on over here. I'm burning up. But um, I just, yeah, too often, too often they're viewed as obstacles and they're viewed as problems. Uh, I've got students in my ministry right now that come to my mind that, that people – uh, myself included, have they're obstacles? No, they're not. They're 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 creations of God, and they need to be reconnected with their Father, and, and they need to get an understanding of, and they need their hearts to be broken, and they they need to they need to be taught how to act in church. They need to be taught uh, why God loves them and how much God loves them and what Jesus has done for them. They need to be taught the gospel, and and maybe they need to be taught seventeen thousand times. Well, guess what? I'm going to stand up there. I'm going to teach it 17,000 times. And if it takes 17,000 times for them to finally get it and go all in with Jesus, then that's what we're going to do, right? right. That's what we're going to do. Come that's on. Because right. they're not obstacles. They're not obstacles. They're creation. They're God's people. They're God's children. And they need God. They need Christ, just like Amen. we did. We, we've been there before. And somebody taught us over and over and over again. Yeah. All right. Uh, number seven, uh, achievement becomes dangerous when it causes leaders to take credit 
for what they can never have produced on their own. Achievement becomes dangerous when it causes leaders to take credit for what they can never have produced on their own. Uh, if you take credit at the bottom of page 45, if you take credit as a leader instead of assigning credit to the one who sent you and who alone produces fruit out of your labors, you will praise less, uh, you will pray less, and you will plan more. How about that? Planning uh, takes uh, takes the uh, takes the cake. It takes the time away from our prayers, and it takes time away from our praise, and it takes time from from us giving glory where glory is deserved, where praise is deserved. Um, and so that's a, that's an interesting thought that we'll praise less, uh, pray less, and plan more. And so. Our, and this is kind of goes back to something I said earlier, where where I'm like, if we if we don't if we lose focus and achievement takes over, uh, if we lose focus of God and achievement takes over, then it takes a toll on our private spiritual life with God. And, and we may say all the glory goes to God publicly, but privately we're not praising, we're praying less, and we're planning more. And, and so this this goes hand in hand with that. And so the prayer and the praise that 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 this is talking about is is during our private time. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I had a had a song in my head um, of it's an old old tune, and I I just can't even. I was trying to remember it, um, but the the last line of it, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Like, mm. um, like there's there's a song there. Somebody listening will know exactly. I, I know yeah. that song. Yeah, yeah, I, I think yeah. I know. I, knows I'm it. trying to. Yeah. Like, like, I, yeah. I don't, I don't. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> it's been a minute um, since I've heard it, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Same, same, same. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> I get stuck in this loop. Prayer, man. Like how how often? Um, you know, it used to be a pet peeve of mine. Um, I mean, I guess it still is. Really, when we use prayer as a transition, when we cheapen it, mm, yeah. you know, in in like worship services and that. Uh, but but beyond that, like how how often do we just gloss over prayer, you know? And uh, man, the 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 power, uh, the things that that God could connect us with um, if we were to just pray and, mm-hmm. and and listen not not spend not even spend so much time talking in prayer um, but listening to him in prayer and letting him uh, uh, that's ultimately what's supposed to happen right like he he transforms us he gets us on board when we pray I mean he does want to hear um, you know what we need and everything else but I mean that list runs out yeah you know and I mean you talk about Jesus praying for hours. You know, they talk about Jesus praying for hours. That's not what he's praying about. <laughs> you know, he's connecting with the heart of the Father. Um, and 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 how connected are we? Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, we give more power to our planning than our prayer. He talks about that. Yeah. Uh, we give more power. We think we it, it, we may not claim this in our in our public life, but no. it, in our private life, we are saying that we believe more in our power of planning than we do in the power of prayer. We're depending more on ourselves and planning, and uh, we're becoming more dependent upon that than we are upon God's power and the the power of the Holy Spirit when we call upon Him in prayer. Like that's a dangerous place to be in. Um, 
And so, of course, this is easier said than done, but it's it's pray first, plan next, right? It's, it's pray first, plan next, um, and, and just look uh, at yourself. This this is this is something you have to hold yourself accountable to because it's very easy uh, in the busyness of ministry, in the busyness of leadership, in the busyness of life. When there's a million other things going on, uh, prayer seems to be the first thing that kind of just dips yeah. in our lives. Um, and of course, planning takes that time. Well, it goes along with the concept that um, my wife, Christina, and I talk about a lot. When you say yes to something, you're saying no mm. to something else. So it's like in the same vein, when you're saying yes to planning and over planning, you're saying no to prayer or insert, insert thing here. When you say yes to this, you're saying no to this. Um, it's, it's, it's a principle um, that really reveals um, a lot, and it helps you see, oh, wow, you know, I'm uh, spending a lot of time doing this thing when that's, I mean, I'm saying no to this. Like, um, you know, that's that's what we do too much in, in leadership and ministry, but we don't think about it, you know. I mean, honestly, we're so busy sometimes that it's just it's just part of that, uh, that nature um, and really part of a sin nature. Doesn't seem like a bad thing, um, but ultimately, if we're not doing the will of God, if we're not listening to Him, then it's sin. That's good. Uh, our next achie- achievement, number eight, achievement is dangerous when it becomes the principal lens of leader self-evaluation. Achievement is dangerous when it becomes the principal lens of leader self-evaluation. Did I skip one? No. Nope. No. Uh yeah, again, number eight, achievement is dangerous when it becomes the principal lens of leader self-evaluation. We are constantly evaluating ourselves. We're constantly looking back at our trek records. We're constantly looking back at, and checking in on how we are doing. If not, we probably need to. Uh, if not, um, we probably have uh, elders that are going to do that. You know, uh, you know, somebody, leaders above us that are, are going to check in on us and, and, and check on how we're doing and stuff like that. We have people watching and, and stuff like that. And so, uh, somebody's evaluating us, self-evaluation, that kind of evaluation, none of that can ever be measured solely on achievement. Um, you know, the, um, evaluation, needs to go deeper than just achievement and worldly success. It needs to go to your heart. All right, you, you don't just need to evaluate how ministry is going, how the numbers are looking, stuff like that. You need to evaluate how your heart is. You know, where's your joy? Where's your peace? Um, things like that. Uh, how are you treating people? How are you loving people? Stuff like that. Looking at the things that are a little deeper than just how many people you got showing up. You know stuff like that. How many? How are these events going? You know, how many people did you get saved? How many people did you baptize this year? Stuff like that. Um, and, and so, because with with checking the heart, uh, your heart, and how things are really going inside of your life spiritually, uh, that that actually creates longevity inside of ministry. Um, that creates um, longevity inside of leadership. Uh, that creates longevity and good teaching and good kingdom work inside of your life, in and through your life, I think. Yeah, I mean, he, he, uh, he says, but achievement as the dominant measure of leadership is dangerously single-focused and imbalanced and gives a false view of the condition of those in a leadership community. You know, how many times have, um, 
well, maybe this isn't a lot, <laughs> but how many times, let's say how many times have you looked up to someone? Um, I was going to say a pastor or, or, or something that you could, maybe it was a pastor. Um, but how many times have you looked up to someone and uh, just to realize that behind the scenes, they weren't the person, you mm. know, that, that you thought they were, um, you know, and, and, and how many people are looking up to you? You know, like, like most of us, whether we like to believe it or not, there's, there's, there's somebody in, in that role. They're looking up to you for some reason or another. Um, and, and, and that, um, I mean, that could, that could seriously affect them. I know, I know that seriously affected some people's, uh, faith, you know, whether it even be a father or a mother, Mm. um, that's that's it's important to realize um that you in essence are a role model to someone and and your leadership the way um the way the that you self diagnose um you know is important oh yeah somebody's always watching somebody's always watching for sure somebody's always yeah. looking up to you Number nine, last one. Here we go. Achievement becomes dangerous when it tempts us to replace prayer with planning. We've kind of already talked about this. Achievement becomes dangerous when it tempts us to replace prayer with planning. Planning never has more power in our life than prayer does. It shouldn't. Um, It never has more power in, in ministry in the people that we're trying to reach. It never has more power. Planning never, you can plan the perfect event and it could flop because you haven't covered it up in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it could absolutely go terrible because, first of all, you didn't start with prayer. And so you plan this out of your own power, out of your own thoughts, out of your own wisdom and stuff. And so you didn't start with prayer to begin with. And then it just, it flops because there's you're not covering it up in prayer. Like you're not inviting God in. You're not asking God to, to, to really work through uh, your life and your ministry and, and through this event. I mean, it just, it, it becomes exactly what we're talking about. It becomes achievement based, mm. you know, when, when you're not putting in the quote unquote work, you know, when you're not, um, I mean, it's, it's all supposed to be about Jesus. Right. It ends up not whether, whether we believe that or not, you know, like I said, sometimes we take a fork in the road and we get down the road and, and we realize this wasn't about, <laughs> I mean, I thought it was about Jesus, but I have personally mm. made it about my achievement and I have wrapped it in the guise yeah. of Jesus and Christianity and all that. Um, and, but he says, you know, 49, but we must always remind one another that achievement is a spiritual minefield. Achievement has the power to change us, to change who we think we are and what we think we are capable of doing. Sadly, achievement can turn humble servant leaders into proud, controlling, and unapproachable mini kings. Mm. But, the but. next word is but, thank goodness. But, there but. is powerful, right here, right now, grace for this struggle. Yeah, it's a struggle that we're all going to go through. If we are in a spot of leadership, if we are in a place, you know, a pastorship, pastoral whatever word I'm trying to come up with. Uh, If we are pastors, if we are leaders, anywhere where where power and influence is given to us, is handed to us by God, uh, there's always going to come with it the work of the enemy uh, and temptation 
to allow that to control and run our lives uh, always. And achievement is one of those things. And so if, if we have a little taste of success, uh, along with that comes the temptation of allowing that success to drive us instead of God, instead of the Holy Spirit. And, and then we start seeing things change inside of our life. We start seeing our spiritual life change. We start seeing our, our, our dependency start to shift on ourselves more than than on God and stuff like that. And so we become many kings. That That's such a, that's a hard thing to be called. Like, that's an eye-opener. Yeah, yeah. And then that's a really big but right there, though. But, big. But there is powerful right here, right now, grace, always, constantly. There's always right here, right now, grace for this struggle. So what does that say? That means God is always right here, right now, ready to forgive, ready to embrace you, ready to correct you, um, ready to, to walk with you. He's never leaving you. He's never forsaking you. And that's an incredible promise that we get to rest in. Yeah, as, as, as uh, Paul David Tripp says at the very end, and may we remember that he fights for us even when we don't have the sense to fight for ourselves. Wow. That's so good. So good. I think so that's a good, good place to stop. <laughs> uh, so well, it is the end of the chapter. That is the end of the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you guys so much for joining us for the first episode of the Church at Grace Point Leadership Podcast. Please help us spread the word. Follow the podcast. Share it with the people that you, uh, that you believe could use this. Give us some feedback. Ask us questions. Uh, join the conversation. Who knows? Maybe next week we'll we'll talk about your questions. We'll we'll uh, open the show discussing things that you guys are discussing with us. But we would love for you guys to contact us by email at podcast at gracepoint.church. Yeah, uh, for for Sam Connor, Justin Mucka, Joel Scoggins, Alex is with us today. Our producer, we're so happy that he's with us. I'm Eric Powers. See you next time. See you later. We hope you've enjoyed the Church at Grace Point Leadership Podcast. Make sure to follow the show and share it with leaders in your life. Pick up a copy of Lead by Paul David Tripp and join the conversation. We would love to hear your feedback, answer your questions, and have conversations about Jesus with you. You can contact us by email at podcast at gracepoint.church. Thank you for listening.